Welcome back, everybody. Jason and Alex back again for the fantasy football sackos here to talk. Hello. Some 2020 rules in review. Um, we, like many people out there in the fantasy football community, recommended several rule changes to be put in place for leagues in the 2020 season to help accommodate for a global pandemic. And uh, oh, yeah. that, is that still going on? Is that still happening? I don't know. Is it? Hmm. But uh, we're going to talk through some of the changes that we made, ones that we liked, ones that we didn't like, and uh, things that uh, could potentially be carried on into next season. So let's go. It's Sacco time. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sacco's podcast. With your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, it's going to be a fun one talking about some rule changes we put in place here. Uh, Alex, before we get too deep into rules, how you been? How many episodes have we done? It still catches me off guard that you still yell let's go at the beginning of the episode. Like I I, <laughs> <laughs> I like wait for your like like your face cue as we're waiting for like the intro to drop. And then like you just you hit the let's go. And for and some reason that yeah, for some reason that caught me by surprise. I don't know why. <laughs> um this is episode 65, by the way, for those of you keeping track at home. Is it really? Uh I, I think 65. Nice. Uh, no, uh, it might be 66. Either way, whatever. We're we're well on our way uh, to milestone episode coming up here. Um, I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, hard a busy season for me for taxes. And uh, I'm not even a tax guy. I'm an audit guy, but people need their financial statements for their taxes. And yada, yada, yada. So uh, no, things are going well. Uh, Join. I so. I weighed. Too fitty for the first oh! time in my life. Um, Jealous. A couple of weeks ago. And uh, that is 10 pounds more than I've ever been in my entire life. Um, the uh, the Krogue upper butt uh, has has really expanded uh, with the COVID-19 pounds that I've put on. And I, uh, I, I mean, I usually sit in like the 225 to like 240 range. Um, and I was a solid 250 and I've never wow. been there. So, so we bought a bike, um, doing exercise. I went running yesterday. I did biking today, uh, trying to win money off my coworkers, eating a little bit less. I feel a lot better already and I'm not drinking for Lent. So wow, like, I'm ready to like lose some weight here. It's Look at stuff. that. You're going to crush that competition then. Hopefully you do. Yeah. It's one of those things where I like I try I I have not I did not do it last year but I I um usually try to give up drinking during Lent um just to make sure that I can still give up alcohol for like 8 weeks and not like go through withdrawal symptoms um to make sure that I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, so when 8 weeks go by and it's that ninth week and you get to try alcohol again, what happens? Is it like you black out after three course lights or what happens? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, like it. Like it's good to bring the tolerance down a little bit and, um, you know, not uh, not abuse um, some of our uh, the it's not even finer things in life, just things that like a lot of people use as escapes or whatever. So. 
it's good to just not do it for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Keep those vices in check. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, How are you? I've been good, man. Uh, it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, finally had some good news um, uh, on some personal stuff that we've been dealing with. So that's finally a good thing. Um, got our taxes done. We are married, so we filed jointly. And uh, oh boy, does that just kick you in the pants as far as uh, tax money goes compared to filing singly. So, so, so you're you're saying that it helped you, right? No, no, no. Well, we it's, got we got more back last year when we both filed individually. We don't have kids. People always talk about make any sense. Yeah, we we got less back substantially. Mm, so, if you made the same, no, we made more. Did, yeah, but you pay more tax during the year. True. I don't know. Did you I'm just did you compare your total tax paid to the prior year? Oh, see, now you're just talking stuff. I don't, I don't know. No, I did no, not so like on pro tip on your returns, as you file them, you can be like, oh, I didn't get as big a return. Well, the, the number you got to check is how many taxes did you pay compared to what your earnings were? Like, make sure that the percentage stayed the same or similar. Maybe you went up a tax bracket or, or whatever um, that, that would cause that. Because like me personally, like I'm going to get like a $10,000 return this year because my wife usually does like self-employment uh, editing. And so we usually get like $20,000 for that. So when I got married, I claim zero on my paychecks, even though I have a wife and, and a dependent because her $20,000, she has to play, pay self-employment income. So she pays it twice. Essentially, she pays taxes twice on it. And it's all 1099 income and none of it gets taxed when she gets it. So guess who pays her taxes? This guy. So because of COVID and her projects kind of falling through last year, I'm deducting all this money out of my paycheck to pay for her stuff. And then her stuff didn't happen. So I'm getting like a big ass refund, which is kind of fun. Holy smokes. Wow. Well, Well, it's good and it's bad because we didn't get the money, but now I get a bigger refund. So it's really bad, but it's good. But you know what I'm saying? Could be. It could be worse. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I think everybody would rather have the productivity and whatnot and not the slump that was 2020. But speaking of slumps, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the 2020 fantasy year where I sucked at everything because I feel like and and one of the reasons why and and here comes a baked in excuse for me. I was so worried about like trying to make sure that everybody else's teams were running smoothly with all the rules and like people Ah. pitching about COVID stuff and like just I was trying to make sure things were fair and were functioning properly more than I was actually worried about my teams. Um, So there there's my excuse for it. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, That's I think kind of fair. There was at least there's a lot of complaining in a few different weeks in, uh, in our league. Um, just it's all centered around COVID crap, you know, between replacement players and designations and teams yeah, it was forgetting just to it, designate. It, 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 just, it really wore on me, right? I mean, yeah, pandemic and just like friends bitching at other friends and it's rough, right? So let's talk about some of the changes that we made and whether or not you think that they should be continued into next year. The first one being adding bench spots. 
Uh, super obvious change. We didn't actually add any in our no. league. Um, super obvious though. I just, you know, the recommendation, we did not do it. We added IR spots instead, but yeah. the recommendation was to, instead of a traditional six man bench, maybe go to eight just to provide some extra flexibility. Um, I think that is personally for me, that's the biggest regret of a change that we didn't make that we should have. Yep. And, and what I would have done. So I think you and me both thought about this the right way, but we were wrong in how, in how we implemented it. Right. So I think both of our thoughts were, Hey, you need to add all the IR spots that you possibly can, uh, in our, in our league and in another league. Um, so ESPN standard leagues, you could add four I, up to four IR spots. And our thinking was, is like, hey, if somebody goes on the COVID list, then you can just move them to IR. That that works out great. Yeah. But with some of the postponements, po- right, just random postponements are and sometimes eligible and, and some like the time that they take to update them to being out um, can can be troublesome. Well, it's and not so even like, that. It was the having a Thursday game be postponed to Saturday and then it would be postponed from Saturday till Sunday night and then from Sunday night until Monday. But you want to start a guy in that game. And so yeah. the game doesn't end up being played to the following Wednesday. And it's like, well, if I'm going to play this guy, I need to play him. But if I don't play him, I'm going to get screwed or I would like to pick up somebody else. But I don't have the bench room because our our team didn't add any bench spots. So correct. Right. And so like if if we would have thought it through again, we would have said, hey, you have to you spots. have to right, you have to keep a traditional six man bench unless somebody's impacted by COVID and you can add an additional player for everybody that is COVID questionable essentially in that game. And so if you had three people that were COVID questionable, you don't have to use the IR you can just add three more players to your bench and before the week is done, like you have to like drop, you have to drop players to get back under the max or, or something like that, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it would have made everything just so much easier. And it, and it really was upsetting when you like, once you started a league on ESPN, you couldn't just go in and add the bench spots. No, like you it, it was, it was locked. ESPN's and, platform and ESPN's handling of the pandemic itself just left a lot to be desired. Yeah. With how they handled everything. Um, as far as 2021, to me, I think that this is probably one of the few uh, changes that we made that I would actually think twice about getting rid of for next year. Um, hopefully, COVID isn't still impacting football games in, in seven, eight months when football starts back up again. But I think it would, might be a little naive to think that it won't. Um, so I, I would say add the bench spots if you just in case as a just in case until it's gone, gone. Yeah. And, and then or, with the caveat but, that what you said that they would only be used if there was a post moment or something. Right. Because when, when we were talking before the season, we were like, well, let's just add bench spots. And it's like, well, the waiver wire will be thin. But what we didn't think about was you can just add the bench spots and say you can't use them. Yeah. And and that would have solved all of our problems um, that that we had. And so I, I think that going forward, 
that it's probably something I'll do in every league where it's like, all right, I know you're you're going to have to police it a little bit, right? Because people will take advantage of it. Oh, but yeah. I think, you know, you... I think you add the IR. I, I think you keep the maxed out IR slots and you can say, hey, if somebody goes on the three week injured reserve list, like you can use an IR spot for them. I, I think it's only fair because um, if, if you have a bunch of injured players, like you shouldn't have to save bench spots um, for them. Uh, what if it's non COVID injury? Then, then you can put them out. Yeah, you can put them out. I think you should be able to put as many people out as that are actually out okay so I, I i think i've come around on that a little bit yeah that's pretty laissez-faire yeah because then if you have anybody that's injured they should they would theoretically be picked up in our league if they could potentially come back later in the season and be of value yeah i mean you drafted them they're they're your player like i think it sucks that you have to drop them or you're like you know going with like a three-person bench because three you know you have four people that are injured with one or two IR slots right two of them are on on IR somebody like that just sucks and then by the time you start factoring bye weeks in and like if we're talking 17 game season yeah we'll get to that in a little bit I have a I have an idea for you on on what I think we do if if the NFL does go to 17 seasons so I I think I think we go the route of hey let's add bench spots you can't use them unless covid related um and i i think that just solves solves all your problems i wish we would have thought of it and unfortunately we didn't until we got in the season it's like oh man this would have fixed everything and just ESPN because sucked but not because they, the flexibility to add more right because they weren't they weren't making it easy for you to no. navigate it which which is really unfortunate all right talk to me about our fab budgets and whether or not what what we did and whether or not you'd continue it. Okay, so we came up with the idea because of COVID that we're going to go to daily waivers. When I first thought of, hey, let's go to daily waivers, I thought it was a great idea. And I was like, hey, we can have waivers process on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday morning. And then we'll just have all the players be unlocked on Sunday and Monday. And you can just pick them up at will to, you know, if you need to plug and play someone. And then I realized that once you turn on daily waivers on ESPN, (laughs) that you can't turn it off and make everybody unlockable. So what I ended up doing was I process I manually did this in multiple leagues every week where I would have it process at 11 o'clock on Wednesday and 11 o'clock on Thursday and 7 p.m. on Thursday for the for the Thursday night game and Friday at 11 a.m. and Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. and then Monday at 7 p.m. And then reset it for Wednesday at 11 a.m. Um, it was a disaster. I it didn't work how I how I thought it would. I thought if we turned it off on Sunday, that it would just unlock everyone. And it turns out when you turned it off on Sunday, it just wouldn't process waivers that day. Um, <laughs> and I learned that week one after I put in all this time to say this is 
this has got to be the best way to do this this year. Um, and it was uh, a pain. It was awful. Um, yeah, but I, but I, if you could do a hybrid of that and say, Hey, we're going to go daily waivers and then unlock it on Sunday. That would have solved again. Problem solved. Yeah. But that wasn't what we did. So we, we increased the, the fab in both of my leagues to 200 bucks up from 100 year over year. Um, because of the daily process, daily waiver processing. Um, the, the, the theory of it was sound. The execution of it was mediocre. Some people took it into account that they would probably have to make more waiver moves later or throughout the season and were a little bit more judicious with how they spent their fab at the beginning of the year. Other people spent a third on their fab on Naheem Hines after week one. And, you know, I don't God bless them. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would do it again. <laughs> As one of those people that did spend a close Top to 20 it, running back. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, on four weeks, five weeks of production, the other 10 were less than eight points probably. But like, yeah, just a, just a poor man's Aaron Jones from two years ago. Really. Yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. The dollar store version. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Dollar general. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm not against the expanded fab budget. I, I just because you like making it rain. I, yeah, I don't know. I could do with it. I could do without, I don't necessarily feel like it's completely necessary for this season. Um, at the end of the day, I think, I mean, people are still going to get COVID. I, I don't know. I don't think it's as necessary as it was. Well, and and here's the thing too, that all right. So we turn we turned on the weekly or the daily waivers to to again eleven a.m. At, at least in the leagues that I was in, and there was one week that Joe Mixon was announced as being out at like ten forty five in the morning. And so somebody went and put a zero claim in on Giovanni Bernard and got him. Because nobody like that literally is the exact same thing as as not having daily waivers. Like it, it just depends on when the injury breaks. So if if you if you're in that situation, oh, Joe Mixon's out, better go pick up Giovanni Bernard. They drop a zero bid, assuming nobody's gonna get to it, and they get freaking uh a RB like a flex RB at worst um, because yeah. of just timing that doesn't sit that doesn't sit right with me like you might as well just have it be open for everybody and whoever gets there first gets it do you would you want to go back to whoever gets there first gets it or daily waivers I think there's going to so. be I, I, daily I waivers so. or go back when you say you think so you think go back or do daily waivers again? Oh, that wasn't clear. Um, <laughs> no, I I like going to the whoever gets to it first. Uh, I get it. There's just no skill to pushing on a push and notification. The, and the reason I I get it, but how awful and I and you make more moves than most people in leagues where you put in a waiver claim every day and then you have to wait 
15 hours for the waivers to clear so you can yeah. see who's on your team. You can't just add and drop whoever you want. I I very much dislike that. Like if you're if you're sitting there and it's Thursday, uh let's say it's it's Friday afternoon and you're like, "Oh man, I I kind of want this defense." And somebody looks at it Saturday morning like at 10:30 yeah. and they're like, "Oh man, I kind of want this defense." Yeah. Like I I think that whoever whoever thought of it first should be able to just pick up that defense and whoever was later it's too bad. Yeah. Like I I I don't think you should have to wait for it on uh, time to see if you got a player or not based on what you bid on them every single day. It's if you want a defense go pick up the defense. If you want a different defense drop that other defense and pick up like just I I like the wheeling and dealing. Hey, you click add you drop this person and they're right on your team and you don't have to worry and be like, oh, I wonder if I got that person the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, that's not one I feel super strong about. I see both sides. Um, next up, we have flexibility. Um, something that we did in our league was to... I have none. Really? I'm decently flexible i'm very really not flexible i, I dude i'm I, like six seven lanky people i feel like aren't i don't know i feel like most men aren't oh okay that's probably fair um back to flexibility what we did this season to try to compensate for covid was to reduce the required running back and receiver positions by one a piece and instead add two additional flex positions. So you, instead of trotting out two running backs, two receivers, you trotted out one running back, one receiver and two additional flexes. Um, it was fun. Three, three, three total flexes. Correct. Yeah. I meant two additional on top of the one that you are already trying out there. So, so yeah, I mean, some people could start three tight ends. Um, and those teams should rot in hell, but, (laughs) I, I don't know. It made for some wonky scores. It helped people feel more competitive teams. Don't get me wrong. It did. It served its purpose. Um, would I want to go back to it after seeing how the league handled COVID in 2020 and how the lengths that they went to so that not a single game was canceled. I would say flexibility is not necessary. I would say go back to your standard league requirements and uh, yeah. It's not necessary, but did you like it? Because it was kind of fun. Kind of fun, yeah, except if you're going up against like three running back ones and it's not super fun. Well, everybody that did that beat me. So like, nah, I'm good without it. I'd rather go back to two running backs, two receivers. And it also made benches like it It made position groups largely irrelevant. Like you could have a team with like five running backs and one receiver. And it was the one receiver that they started on their entire team. It's true. So, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I, I didn't like I, I thought it was fun because it kind of opened up the possibilities of what you could do and how you could do it and 
Like if you had a rough bye week at one position, then if you have enough depth at other positions, then you can fill it that way. I thought in general, it would help the best deepest team win. And that way you wouldn't be forced to play um, like a backup running back that's might score two points. Like you can have more fun in trying to plug a tight end or you can try to, oh, that didn't sound appropriate or um, <laughs> like have like a wide receiver, um, you know, take, take the place of a backup running back that might catch a long touchdown or, or like, you know, just try to take a shot with someone. Um, I, I'm indifferent either way. I, uh, I, I think it's, it was a fun idea to try. Um, but I think that a more traditional lineup um, forces you more. It, it makes it harder, right? Like it, it, it makes the draft harder because it, if you're going to take a third wide receiver before you take a first running back, then you're going to be in running back hell the whole time. Yeah. Versus if, if you only have to play one running back, you can take three wide receivers to start the draft. And then, you know, take just shots at a running back and hope one turns out that you have to play. Um, so I, I think from that perspective, it actually made it too easy to have a good team um, because of how flexible you could be. And, it, and there was less uh, strategery. Um, that that had to be used w w when you were at least initially drafting your team, and yeah, obviously a lot of it's luck. Um, yeah, but uh, I I think that um, you know having it would be like, oh, well, I don't think this player should be available here. Oh, but I don't have a tight end, or or I, I don't have a wide receiver yet, and it's round yeah. five. It's um, like, what's the big deal? That just doesn't. Yeah, that, that doesn't seem like it should work, right? Because like if like just take my draft as an example, right? It's in, in our league. It was Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley. Yeah, were, were my first three picks. And then. Like DJ Chark was my fourth round pick, and then I had Montgomery, you know, Montgomery in the fifth round. So I was taking a fourth running back before I was taking a second wide receiver. Because turns out I didn't have a wide receiver all year, essentially, because yeah. I could start four running backs. And so right. I was like, well, I'm going to start four running backs um, instead. So and, and people did the opposite thing. And I, I just I like that there's more strategic planning that you have to do with the two two one for for a flex. Um, and it, it actually would force you to use more fab too because you couldn't rely on your depth to just plug a flex in there. You might actually have to go spend fab to get a running back to start that week. Um, so I, I think that just overall, I think it made it too easy. Um, and so for that reason, I would probably want to go back to our traditional way of doing that. But it, it was a good idea. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing to go a little bit further the other way with this is uh, with how scarce the top running backs are and how plentiful receivers are. Um, one thing I do in a couple leagues, not in ours, but that I have found that I like is actually adding a third required receiver position uh, to be filled because that mm -hmm. sort of 
helps equate the scarcity at receiver to the scarcity at running back. You just have to uh, start a third. Every team, for that matter, would have to start a third receiver because uh, there's just that many more that are viable than running back. So that's something that I do like. Yeah, you you keep the flex in there too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just another you start another player. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that would be something we can look into. Um, I, I, th- I think it's kind of fun to change things up, like tweak one thing a year, because otherwise you can get a little repetitive. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I kind of like it. Um, what else? What other changes did we make here? I mean, there was calls for a contingency plan in case the season was canceled, or what if only 10 games were played? What constituted a full season? We saw that even in the thick of a pandemic, they're going to play all 16 games. So, or in potentially 17 or 18 or however many games they're going to play this season. So I wouldn't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the final points that we made was that all of your league commissioners should have a backup commissioner. And that was something that I did like in case your commission gets COVID or gets sick. It's just somebody to help process all the waivers and whatnot. If somebody's feeling under the weather. So that's one thing I liked. Yep. Is there anything yep, I, I missed? Agree. Yeah, I I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm out on team QB stuff. Um, yeah, I, I really saw that, that I wasn't going to bring it up. Like team QB, no. Bless you. Thought, uh, I thought I had a sneeze coming and it didn't happen, which is kind of disappointing. I had that like tickle in the nose and yeah, rough. Um, I mean, again, Team QB would have been great for the Saints when you could have had a Drew Brees pass to uh, yeah. Taysom Hill. That would have been awesome. That would My have been guy. something. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think there was anything substantial um, else that, that we missed. A, uh, it was a rough, it was a rough year, and and I hope that the platforms are deep in development right now of trying to come up with. You know, some contingency plans of, hey, well, we don't know if this game is going to be delayed or not, but you have to keep them on your roster. And if you don't know that they're, <laughs> they're going to like, it was just miserable. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they can do do some improvements. Um, I mean, I, I would definitely invite people that are listening um, to, you know, shoot us something that, that you prefer, um, something yeah. that you change that we haven't thought of. Because um, absolutely I, we're here to pass it on to the people our uh our loyal saccoists um so i uh yeah let, let us know if we missed anything but uh yeah I, I think we'll probably go back to more of a traditional way of doing things um next year and yeah, it was a one-year tryout tree out um all right well i think that does it for our 2020 rule change recap let's get into some newsy stuff newsy 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 um so this is i mean it's the rumor mill really it's the quarterback rumor mill we've already had one big quarterback blockbuster trade in Goff and stafford um now he has it yeah exactly rumor has it and so now we have a couple other disgruntled qbs that are looking for new homes um First up, let's talk about Deshaun Watson because that's hold sort on, of been. Hold on, hold on. I I just got a text message. This is there's some breaking news here. Okay. Since the NFL merger, there's only one NFL quarterback who has started fifty or more games and never thrown a pick six. Can you name him? 
Is it Deshaun? Mitch Trubisky. Oh my God, shoot me now. That's because his coaches don't let him throw the ball. John Fox <laughs> let him through two passes his first year. Maybe. Like, he probably averaged four and a half passes a game in his rookie season. No, it, it was more than that. But I... Five so and a we're, half. We're, we're going to talk about Deshaun. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson here in a second. Well, you and just spoiled it. No, people know. Like they're they're paying attention. They know this stuff is coming. Um, I would, I would do some unspeakable things. Yeah, to have either of them be the quarterback for the Bears. Well, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun uh, met with new. Where is this? I'm missing this right now. Deshaun met new, new coach, new GM. Yeah, per sources, this is from Dan Graziano, Dan Graziano, ESPN on Twitter. Per sources, Texan QB Deshaun Watson met with new Texans head coach David Coley last Friday. In that meeting, Watson reiterated that he wants to be traded and told Coley he has no intention of playing for the Texans again. He shouldn't and have signed so, a four-year, like $130 million contract if he was planning on doing that. is dug in. Sorry, nice to meet you, David Cully. I don't think you uh nice gonna, to know you. Yeah. Goodbye. So Deshaun is O-U-T out. There's that. Oh, and then IR. From Russ, Russell Wilson, per Adam Schefter, Russell Wilson told the Seahawks that he wants to play in Seattle, but <gasps> the trade were considered the only teams he would go to Tell are me the more. Cowboys. Saints, more Raiders, more, and the Bears. Oh my God. And this is per his agent, Mark Rogers. Hold on. Can you can you name those teams one more time? Cowboys. They have no cap room. And they have Dak. Well, they need to restructure. They need to restructure Zeke bad. Well, that's why you never pay a running back. That's why you don't pay running backs. That's why you don't pay them. Especially before your franchise quarterback. Never. That, that was bad terrible. Move. Bad, bad, bad. And Amari uh, Cooper's getting 20 mil a year. Whoops. <laughs> Saints. Uh, they have the worst cap situation in NFL. Yeah. Like negative 5875 trillion. Uh, Raiders. <laughs> Approximately. I have no idea what the Raiders are. No idea. They're just a black hole out there. I have. Uh, I don't know anything about the Raiders. Um, okay, that sounds great. I mean, fine. So that, that's one viable option. Uh, ESPN stats and information is projecting a cap of more than $184.5 million, And as such, the Las Vegas Raiders are currently between $17.5 and $22.3 million over the cap. Goodness. So... Well, that doesn't sound like that's going to work. They are, uh, they're not doing so hot. Hold on. Um, Do we just talk ourselves into Russell Wilson being the Bears quarterback in six months? So it would seem, it would Mm -hmm. seem that maybe. Yes. The Bears. Yes. Would have the most cap space available. Oh my God. Uh, Here, hold on. Let's see this. 
Uh, cap totals. All contracts 51. The Bears are currently $2 million over the cap. So that's extremely adjustable if you just convert some oh. contracts. So, yes. And make some trades. I think. I mean, make some trades, I, convert some stuff to signing bonuses. The Bears are in the best financial situation. I, I think we just agreed to send three first round picks, uh, Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack, to Seattle for Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bananas if that works out. And he can throw to Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller and Cole. Yeah, Kamet. right. I mean, he, yeah, right. I mean, he's he he would go from throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to throwing to Darnell Mooney and uh, Riley Ridley. As of February 12th, the Cowboys are projected to have $18.5 million in cap space for 2021. But that's obviously without... How is that possible? It's without Dak under contract. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So... Right, the the $35 million man? Yeah, exactly. So, see you later, $18 million. I mean, there's no way. It's... They would have to... They'd have to not sign Dak. They would be so much better off just franchise tagging him. I, I don't know. Yeah, well. Hey, and you said it yourself. Uh, what was the last episode, two episodes ago, that no team has ever won the Super Bowl with a quarterback taking up more than, what, 13% of the cap or something like that? Yes. So, uh, um, so essentially that would... 13% of a team's total cap. So that'll yeah, be Ross. So th- right. So, I mean, the projected cap, let's say 184. I've been reading it's going to be like one, just a share over 180. But if you say... 184. 13% of that is oh crap did the fractions rough. Um, that'd be just a shade under 24 million dollars. Um, I mean pretty much every quarterback is getting paid more than that. Uh, Russell Wilson 21 salary has base is 19 with a 13 million dollar signing bonus for a total cap hit of 32 million dollars. Yikes. 37 next year and 40 in 2023. Yeah. And and again, Seattle's not going to trade him because the cap hit would be too bad. This is all just posturing because he wants he wants some offensive linemen. So he doesn't get hit as much. And oh, by the way, he's Russell Wilson. And he wants to throw the ball um, to what might be the most talented wide receiver in football in DK Metcalf, just from a raw skills standpoint, um, instead of turn around and let Chris Carson run three yards and let Carlos Hyde run three yards in a pile of dust. If Russell Wilson was traded, it would be a $58 million dead cap. Ooh. That's uh, it's just it's literally just not going to happen. So, yeah, that it, that it, it won't. That would not tickle. Uh, Deshaun Watson, if he was traded, would be a oh my god, sixty-seven million dollar dead cap. It's not nice. There's no way you make that trade. No. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think you could see the NFL going more to a year-to-year contract, um, kind of like the NBA does. I know, obviously, NFL players have more more risk, but all of a sudden, you see a bunch of disgruntled quarterbacks and, like, I don't know what. We could be looking at 12 to 15 quarterbacks being in different spots next year as, as starters. Like, that's unheard of, right? So, um, in interesting times and, obviously, a lot of fantasy implications. I, I do have a random question for you. I was, I was looking on profootballtalk.com um, earlier today. And I, yep, I've I've been a uh, a fan since like 2007. Somebody introduced wow. me to the site. Yeah. Uh, bang it here for the rumor mill. RIP. That I don't think that says that. It might still say it. But I, they got rid of it for a time and then they got bought by NBC because their servers literally just couldn't keep up with the hits they were getting. <laughs> anyway, um, let me read you this quote. This is from Sean McVay. Um, oh, and, okay. And I want just uh, I, I want I want your thoughts. Okay. Speaking to reporters on Thursday, McVay made it clear that Acres could become the franchise's next workhorse tailback. If it wasn't for that setback that Cam had in the Philly game. I think that rib injury kind of set him back a little bit. You saw Henderson and Malcolm Brown step up and be consistent, but Cam hit his stride at the right moments. You could see he's always had a real and authentic confidence. Um, But then as he's getting more and more comfortable for the different ways we were able to utilize him, I think he can come alive in the pass game. I think he can continue to play at a high level. Uh, The article goes on to say that I I think he can running back one. I think he's an every down back. I think he's a special player. Um, yeah. So, I mean, are you are you going to put him in the top top seven? I backs? called Cam Akers a running back one if and when yeah, he secures he was, the but deal. But he wasn't. But he he wasn't. Last when, year. He was in the yeah, he was in the playoffs year. and at the end of the season, he was a running no, back one. He laid an egg in the one one game against the Jets. He eliminated you. Okay. That was one game. Yes, he slumped in a game, but the guy it was only a takes f- one game. Alex. No. Like the 12th best running back doesn't need to average anything more than like 13 or 14 points per game or 15 points per game. In he week could- 15 against the Jets, he put up 6.7. Okay. And what did he do before that and after that? Uh, week 14 against New England, he had 20.4 points, which is when we said he was okay. going to go off. We we talked about that. So 26 over two weeks is 13 a week. I'll take it. Yep. And week 16, he was hurt. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, he played in the playoffs. Again. So in potential injury risk. But I mean, if you're, oh. if you're telling me. He's a he top could, 12 guy. That, that he could go Todd Gurley on people next year from a couple of years ago. Um, McVeigh's shown that he can use a running back effectively. Um, I, I think he's probably a super high upside guy um, that you can be getting towards the end of round one. Um, really? You don't it, think you can get him in round two? Maybe. We'll have to see as kind of things start shaking out, but I would not be surprised Eckler to see him be going that Akers. high. Uh, Eckler. Okay. I think. Uh, it's close. Maybe Aker. Eh. I mean, it depends on AJ it, it Dillon. Depends. Or Stafford's ever had a run. Uh, 
I'll have to see what the running back situation says, but assuming, assuming Jones that, is that Jones and Williams is gone. If Williams is there, I would take Akers. If Williams is not there, I would probably lean Dylan. Dilly bar. Um, Chris Carson will be gone. Ronald Jones or Akers? It's Akers. Fournette will be there. Jonathan Taylor or Akers? Um, probably Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Um, I think. I want to say Camara or Akers, but it's it should be Camara unless Hill's the quarterback. It should it be, be unless Taysom right. If Taysom Hill's the quarterback, I mean, gross. Camara's Camara's going to free fall. But fun fun stuff to look forward to with that. Um, Cam Lots, Akers, so many back, prognostications coming up. Running back forty nine. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what what his Cam Akers was running back forty nine last year. Oh, um, it, it'll be fun to kind of see where his ADP falls out at because. I mean, you could be looking at somebody who is similar to like a Josh Jacobs and where he was going uh, in the middle of the second round last year, where it's like could be Jason's ultimate draft value uh, for for Cam Makers. My what? Ultimate draft value. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hurts the throat a little bit. You should make fantasy football drops. Oh, newsy stuff. What week did Acres really come on? Uh, it was week fourteen. Was his was his big week? Twenty point four points. He only had over ten one other game the whole year. No, uh, two games. Okay, oh, sorry, I lied. All right, week twelve against San Francisco, fourteen point four. Week thirteen at Arizona, fifteen point nine, and then against New England, twenty point four. So twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and then the dud, yeah, and then he was Everton. hurt, and then they kept him until the playoffs. Well, actually, uh, he ran no, twenty-one he, temps for thirty-four yards against Arizona. <laughs> Classic Jeez. Sean McVay. Yeah. Yikes! But uh, I mean, the the key thing in that last game, though, four for fifty-two in the air. Uh, Stafford is going to be checked. I mean, they have a better quarterback now with Stafford. They're going to be throwing it around. If they're going to be moving the ball a lot, Cam Akers will be uh, be be pretty fun to root for in that potential really high scoring offense yeah this is one where i hope the hype doesn't get too high in the offseason because i want him in the second round i want him in the third round because he only produced in three games and he was hurt and some people are going to still say that it's daryl henderson is the best back in that backfield and those people are wrong it's not yeah it's it's cam's job if he's healthy um so if you can sneak him in the second or third rounds you're making a steal i just hope that the hype doesn't push him up to the end of the first round or the second half of the first round. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see where where he's going. Um I I, I was talking to my wife. Um I hope and so. She's like Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and uh those of you who were listening last week, uh we had Sacco story time. And uh, I would I would like to uh, notify everybody that um, Sacco story time has been canceled. Wow, it's 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 over. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, my wife uh, said that um, in order to probably read a children's book on the air that you would have to ask for permission from the author because it's probably copyrighted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. 
crap. Um, you're probably right. That's not something we thought of. Yeah, no, it's definitely not where I was like, I was like, she's like, I wonder what happened to that snowman at night book. And uh, she's like, I saw it in the, I saw it where, where, did you read that on air? I was like, I did. And she's like, yeah, that's probably not allowed actually. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I received a cease and desist uh, letter from my wife. And so Sacco story time has been canceled. And that's fantastic. That, that is fantastic rough um well my last bit of newsy stuff is nash it's not bachelor because i'm still not watching i heard that they saw oh i i watched the viral clip of uh racist rachel being slammed into the ground while plummeting to the earth in a parachute but uh there's one of the bachelor you look lost one of the bachelor contestants her <laughs> name is rachel bachelor nor do i care yeah, her name's Rachel. She used to go to plantation parties. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what those are, but it doesn't sound great. And uh, anyways, As in like slavery plantation parties. I don't know if it's parties that are at a plantation or if it's like you dress up as in it's like during the plantation era. Either way, it's pro- it's probably not great. So they call her racist Rachel. Now, uh, she also made fun of one of her high school, whatever, a girl that she went to high school with for dating a black guy. And she's on a show trying to marry a black guy. So it's just all sorts of bad stuff for her. Um, Or, I mean, maybe it's justice for being a shitty person at one point in your life. So anyways, she goes, her and uh, Matt, right, Matt, I want to say go on a uh and I, this is all secondhand go on a uh skydiving date as part of their hometown date and uh mr jones lands nice and smoothly on the ground whereas rachel just absolutely <laughs> slams down so yeah that's poetic justice for racist rachel but what i do want to talk about unless you have, found have something I, have i told you my skydiving story i feel like i have skydiving now what i slammed into the ground when i went skydiving really yeah it was was bad did you get hurt um i mean i was pretty sore yeah i mean we ended up in an electrified horse pasture um what were you doing there uh, you'd have to ask the guy that was jumping with me we were just trying not to end it was super windy uh story for a different time wow oh that sounds intense yeah um the last piece of news that I have is it recently came out last week that uh, to take the edge off and uh, build some camaraderie between the two, uh, it came out that Joe, excuse me, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman uh, used to regularly drink tequila, tequila. while in the booth together. It's true. So, um, they would each have a small glass of bourbon as well. So, yeah. They used to drink in the booth. It's good stuff for them. They called it Um, a good mental trigger to just chill. I like it. Um, One last thing uh, for me, actually, fantasy football related, and then we'll wrap this up. I I did have... um, so if, if the NFL goes to a 17 game season, 
Oh, okay. Um, and I, I only have like a minute to talk about this. So just one minute for our listeners. 17 game season. Do you change anything fantasy football related? Do you, do you still only go 16 weeks, even though there's going to be an 18 week season? Or do we, or do we tease this for next week? 18 game season, 17 game season, 17 game weeks. season, 18 weeks. So there's additional buys. No, they're going to make them play 17 regular season games in 18 weeks. They're going to cut a preseason game. So there's one bye week. Oh, okay. There's still only so you, one bye for all those so games. Do you, do you cancel? Or do you have the season still end in week 17 with week or sorry, week 16 with week 17 and week 18? Or do you or do you leave everything the same and have a two week final in week 16 and week 17? So theoretically, the best team would win because that's really what you're when you're playing for all the money. And have that be the solution or or do you extend the regular season an extra week? And leave your playoffs in week 15, 16, and 17 um, with, an, with a week 18. Kind, kind of interesting. Something to think about for next week. I think out of all of those different options, I would rather have the two-week championship to clearly establish who's the who, best. who is the better team of the final two. Yeah. Keep everything else the same. I like the 13 game regular season because um, it's an odd number. So you you can't end up at 500. You either got a winning record or you don't. Um, True. Yeah. I, 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 that's what my initial reaction is. What's yours? Uh, I... I kind of like the two week final as well, um, but I understand if you'd want to extend the play or the regular season extra week to give more people more things to do um, or, you know, stay more actively involved. Um, yeah, so, I guess so, I would yeah, keep the I, league I more active for another week if you had the season running. Yeah, but yeah. I, I kind of like it because I mean, first and second really get all the money anyway. So you might as well have that be a bloodbath at the end for who actually gets it and have it be a two week. Uh, and those roster week, moves uh, would be really fun. Yeah. It'd be super fun. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's my vote is the two week playoff. Something for our league to vote on. Yeah. Something to think about. Well, let's, I, th- I think we'll, you know, as they kind of move towards it, we'll have to flesh out our ideas for what we actually think is right there, but fun, fun to think about. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned next week as I think we are going to reveal our top 10 tips or top 10 things we learned from 2021 or 2020 hmm. next week. Just the tip. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We are at the FF Sackos on every single platform you could ever imagine. And uh, have a good night. Top 10 tips. The triple T. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.